the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, everybody. I am Pastor Scott Furrow of the First Baptist Church of San Diego. It is so great to be with you today. I also have a show on KPRZ in San Diego at 1130 every day called Cultivating Ethos. And I got to tell you, it is a great honor to be with you all around Southern California. I've grown up in Southern California. This is my home. I I love it, even with all the chaos and different things going on. Coming up on Monday on our show, I'm going to be here for three days, okay? I'm here Thursday, Friday, and the following Monday. And so I want to let you know, to put it right on your calendar, coming up on Monday, we will have a special guest, Peter Greer. He is the CEO of Hope International and author of Mission Drift and Rooting for Rivals. He'll be with us, so you want to make sure you join us at uh, 2 o'clock on KPRZ in San Diego and 3 o'clock on KKLA in San Diego. So put that down on your calendar. Also, check in with me right now live on Facebook if you want to watch live. The sound won't be as good as on the air, so I think you should stay on the air for that. But you can look for my my page, Scott Furrow, F-U-R-R-O-W, on Facebook. Give it a like, and you can watch me in the studio. And uh, you can just laugh at me if you want to. That'll be fine, too. And um, And people do that. That's okay. And so check me out there. You can send me a comment there and might even be part of our show. So you can actually comment there live if you prefer to text. But we would love to have you call in our program anytime. 888-52-TALKS is the number. 888-528-2557. And you can reach me here. We would love to have you be a part of the show. You can also follow me on Twitter and everywhere on social media. Scott Furrow. That's me. Facebook.com slash Scott Furrow. All right. Today, this hour, in just a minute, we're going to have author Becky Harling with us. And we're going to talk about parenting through the stuff that's going on, especially with the mask mandate conversation and now already in Los Angeles and Culver City, we have vaccine mandates for schools in that school district. And I think that's coming everywhere. Don't you think so? That's probably coming. And, you know, there's already vaccine mandates for all of the childhood vaccines, and this one is being added. But obviously there's a lot of controversy right now. What are your thoughts on those issues? You know, whatever your thoughts are on those issues, and I'd like to hear them, but whatever they are, you still got to be a parent. You have to parent your kids through these things, and it's a hard job. I've got two kids. They're 12 and 9, and they're old enough, you know, to start hearing things on the news, and they see things, and they're asking questions, but they don't have all of the context there. And so how do you parent? Becky is going to help us with that here in just a couple of minutes, and I'm looking forward to that, so stay with us for that. And uh, I also want to make sure that you are ready for our afternoon show. It's an important thing to me that uh, we can have some coffee together, just you and me. Uh, maybe your drink isn't coffee, but I think coffee is a drink that we're going to have in in heaven. And uh, I think uh, it's the blessed brew of the believer, as my father calls it, the choice of the chosen, the juice of joy. And I've got mine in my, my plastic cup here ready to go. It's kind of a non-corporate coffee today, so supporting the smaller coffee shops, that's good. And I tend to believe that, uh, like I said, Jesus, I tend to think Jesus actually probably sat down at the campfire and uh, showed the boys some coffee. He said, don't tell anybody. Some goat's going to discover it pretty soon, and uh, we'll just let that play out the way it is. But this is a big part of the kingdom of heaven. This is part of what the kingdom of heaven is like. You think Jesus said stuff like that? I think he did. I think Jesus had a good time with his people. Do you know that we only have snippets of about 56 days of Jesus's life? That's it. 
That's all we have. And Jesus Christ is the most influential person ever to walk this earth. And all we've got is snippets, 56 days of his life and some very important things that he said that were written down. I'm quite sure that there were other things he said that were that were kind of funny, maybe before the Sermon on the Mount, had a couple of jokes, but uh, they probably, you know, Matthew, tax collector, he's not writing that stuff down. He maybe didn't get it. I don't know. But anyway, that's an important part of our program, and uh, we like to have fun here in the midst of having a very serious conversation, in the midst of the seriousness. And I think that's because as believers, we have to rise above the offended. We have to rise above. If you're a believer, Jesus calls us salt and light. And part of that is we need to make sure that we are becoming the people that people look to when the world gets in chaos. Right now, the whole world's in chaos, but every single person you know goes through different periods in their life where their world is in chaos. So there is always a time for you to be there ready. So that's what we're going to do here. I want to help us all do well here. And we're going to start by talking about how we deal with our kids and their anxiety. You know, in Culver City, I read about this. Culver City School District Superintendent, uh, Kwok Tron, I think is her name. Forgive me if I'm mispronouncing it. She says that about one in 20 district parents might disagree with that. I kind of think it's probably higher than that, but I think a lot of parents are on that page, but definitely a lot aren't. And if you've been watching some of the things going on, people are, are losing their mind. And San Diego County Board of Supervisors this week the supervisors got an earful from a whole bunch of people. And some of them, if you watch it, were very eloquent and some not so much. One guy, and this is the guy who made all of the videos, right? You can look this guy up. He started shouting at the supervisors and he said, you are about to open a pit of hell. You do not get a vaccine passport put on us. You know, as the population who is control, I'm quoting this guy right now. This is how I imagine like the Old Testament prophets speaking. Do you think so? Well, probably not like this. Totally. He says, you who's in control, you know as politicians, once you get a power, you never relinquish it. You think that the four feet of marble that holds you above in this chamber will help you from the fate of humanity, which you're unleashing. Then he says, no, it won't. Your children and your children's children will be subjugated. They will be asked, how many vaccines have you had? How have you been a good little Nazi? Heil Fauci, Heil Fauci. And he starts leading the whole crowd in this Heil Fauci thing. And uh, unfortunately, that's the guy who makes the news. That's the guy who we hear from. That's the guy who you're hearing about on this show because it was uh, somewhat entertaining and also sad and people are angry. And, uh, you know, by the way, Dr. Fauci, I don't, I don't blame that guy. He's who he is. I think he got asked to make a lot of policy decisions he should have had nothing to do with. He's 80 years old. And something I, I heard somebody talking about this week, you know, until he was about 78, nobody really knew who he was. He was fairly anonymous. Do you think that he thought to himself, you know, when I'm 80, you know, when I'm 80, the whole country is going to have an opinion about me. Half of them will love me and the other half will be calling me a Nazi. I'll bet that never crossed his mind. I'll bet he never thought about that. Well, here's where I want to take this. Those statements like from that guy and the different things we hear on the news and what we're seeing in Afghanistan, what we're seeing in Haiti, what we're seeing in our own streets, what we're seeing in our own politics, our kids hear it. And, you know, our kids don't always hear it right, and they, even when they do hear it right, they don't know all the nuance. My youngest, who's nine, asked me this morning if all the airports are shut down because of the war, and he didn't quite realize that they're just talking about Afghanistan and what's going on over there. And I realized that he's going to bed with some kind of anxiety that airports are shut down everywhere. And what does this mean? So what I want to do 
for a moment. I know you have opinions about this and um, maybe you want to talk about it, but we still have to parent and our, we have to parent our kids through these things. And I want to give you some help with that. So I've asked Becky Harling to join us. Becky Harling, who you're going to meet here in just a second, she is one of the most authentic people you'll ever meet. She's passionate, she's funny, and she loves the Lord. She's biblical. She's a best-selling author. Becky is popular, a popular speaker at conferences, retreats, and other events. She is the author of 11 books, including How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk, Psalms for the Anxious Heart, and The Extraordinary Power of Praise. Becky is a certified coach with the John Maxwell team and offers parent coaching. And you can connect with her at BeckyHarling.com, HarlingLeadership.com. She's also on Facebook, uh, Becky Harling Ministries, Twitter, Becky Harling, and Instagram at Becky Harling. So we're going to welcome her to the show. If you're just joining us, I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. You're listening to Southern California Live on KKLA in Los Angeles and KPRZ K-Praise in San Diego. The number to be a part of the show is 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-528-2557. Now, welcome to our show, Becky Harling. Becky, hey, welcome it's to the great program. to be with you, Scott. I'm excited to be here to talk about parenting. Yeah, well, thank you. And uh, Becky, you are a parent of how many kids? We are parents of four grown kids, and they have provided us this wonderful uh, new season of life called grandparenting. And so now we have 14, grandparent, uh, 14 grandkids. Four grown kids and 14 grandkids. All right, so this is a, a definitely an opportunity for you to deal with the anxiety that kids are growing up with today. Yep. And you see it a lot as a parent yep. and a grandkid. Let's start with this. Tell us a little bit about your own journey and why it is that you speak about and write about anxiety and encourage people for how to uh, cast that upon the world. Yeah, so for me, Scott, I call myself an expert on anxiety, not because I have a degree, not because I'm a counselor or a coach, but because for pretty much my whole life I have dealt with anxiety. You know, I'm pretty sure I was a neurotic little kid. And I just worried about a lot of things. And to make matters worse, in church, I heard a lot of sermons about how worry and fear were wrong. So then I was worried because I was worried, and then I was worried that I was sinning. And it it just wasn't working for me. And along the way, I began to change my view of anxiety, and I began to view it as an invitation to my knees, an invitation really to get down on my knees and pray and praise God. And as I did that, the Holy Spirit began quieting my anxiety. So when the apostle tells us to cast our anxieties on the Lord, uh, you figured out how to do that, at least for you, and you're teaching other people how to do that. Yeah, and, uh, and you know, the great thing about the Bible is it, it's so relevant. And I, I remember reading through the Psalms and coming on, Psalm 9419, where the psalmist writes, when anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. And I remember how happy I was when I read that verse, because I thought, wow, the psalmist dealt with anxiety. And Paul himself said, so that I may have less anxiety. And so I I think anxiety is going to be a part of our journey and at this particular time, with all the COVID stuff going on, I mean, anxi- the statistics on anxiety are off the charts. Yeah, it's incredible. This has been some of the hardest time the past uh, however many months now we've been dealing with this because it isn't just the kids, right? It's the parents have it. The grandparents have anxiety. Their friends have 
this anxiety. And I think we do have a little bit of conflict within ourselves that we don't want to admit that we have it or we don't want to identify it. And that's so wrong because our biblical writers identify their own and tell us we have the answer for how to how to deal with it. So how do you help your kids if you are wrestling with anxiety yourself and you're going through a lot of uh, challenges yourself? Yeah, I think that's such a great question, Scott, because I think as parents, we do have a responsibility to manage our anxiety. Now, you'll notice I didn't say we have a responsibility to deny our anxiety, right? So we always want to be honest. We always want to be authentic and model authenticity for our kids. But we can develop practices that can help quiet and calm that anxiety. You know, for me, those practices are, I've written a lot about praising God because really, as I get down on my knees early in the morning and listen to praise music and allow the praise music to prompt my own praise, the Holy Spirit quiets my anxiety. I've learned to memorize certain scripture verses that I call my emergency verses, you know, that I can run to when I'm fearful or anxious. I try to get exercise every day because we're body, soul, and spirit. And so that helps me. So I think Parents need to come up with a plan to manage their own anxiety, kind of put some practices in place. It might mean doing a little less or putting your phone away certain times of the day, you know, but but develop some intentional practices. What are some of those practices that you would recommend, uh, you know, for somebody listening right now who's, you know, that we want to get to our kids and our kids are dealing with this, but we have to deal with it ourselves. I liken it to the idea that, you know, if you have cabin depressurization on the plane, if you bothered to listen to the safety lecture, you know, they tell you to put the mask on yourself first and then your children uh, so that yeah. you don't pass out before you can. I think that's kind of the same thing. So what are some things that people can do as parents to first identify and then work on their own anxiety? Yeah, and so we tell parents, like, identify the anxiety you're feeling and, you know, go to those emergency verses. Uh, spend some time praising God, definitely get exercise. If you're a person that struggles with anxiety, you're a person who absolutely needs to be exercising every day. You know, putting your phone away, such a simple practice, and yet so hard for so many of us, right? We're addicted to our phones, but our phones are giving us news reports all day long. (laughs) All day long. Never the good news. Social media is giving us opinions all day long. Put it away for a certain amount of time each day. All right, so you develop those practices. Then then what are some signs that your child might be wrestling with anxiety? What do you look for? Yeah, I think some of the signs are, um, you know, those meltdowns. Your child uh, has a meltdown maybe before school starts. I know one of my grandsons started school today, and this is the first year he has to change classes. And Last night, he had a bit of a meltdown. Now, he's able to articulate, you know, I'm really anxious about this. I'm afraid I'm not going to find my room and, you know, the teacher and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, look for meltdowns. Look for angry outbursts. Look for trouble sleeping in kids, you know. If they're coming Mm. into your room in the middle of the night because they can't sleep, it's likely that they're dealing with anxiety, changes in appetite can indicate your child is dealing with anxiety, you know, headaches, stomach aches, you know, 
uh, tiredness. I feel too tired to go to school today. Well, that might be code for I'm really feeling anxious today, you know. So, you know, parenting, I always say, Scott, is a little bit like detective work, right? Right. Because you got to kind of do a little bit of a dance with your child to draw them out to figure out really what's driving what behavior you're seeing on the surface. Right. That's really great advice. I'm thinking about my own kids. And as you're saying all those things, I've just got a checklist going in my head. It's like, oh, yeah, that's happening. One of my kids is suddenly in our bed every night right now, and he hasn't done that for years. Um, and that's going on. And school is beginning, and there's tension about the masks. And they don't really, my kids aren't really thinking about the vaccine so much at this point. Um, that's an issue for so many people. But, you know, wearing the mask every day, they just got used to not wearing it every day. And yeah. now that's coming back. And then, of course, normal. This is on top of normal school-age anxiety, right? So that's yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, we have little kids going to school. You know, I had one of my granddaughters start a kindergarten today, and she has to wear a mask all day. And I'm thinking, okay, they're five, you know. How's the teacher even going to hear them with a mask on? And yet we we are living during a pandemic, so we have to do this. But talking with your child about the mask. You know, helping them come up with some coping systems, you know, like, okay, what do you do in school if your mask is really bothering you? You know, you can pull it out a little from your face, get a little air, or you can ask the teacher to help you with your mask a little bit. Or if it's bothering your ears, you know, maybe you can adjust it. So, you know, helping them come up with some solutions to deal with the whole mask thing. What if your what if your kid uh, doesn't really want to talk about it? Like, especially, I think maybe they can't really articulate it, but maybe they're junior high age and they're beginning to stop talking about stuff. How do we draw out our kids so that they're honest about their emotions? I think junior high is is when they do start um, backing up a little bit. They're you know they're trying to begin that process of becoming their own person, and I I think you want to keep in the top of your thinking as a parent, that that connection with your child is everything. So you want to get on their level, you know, go to their sports games because that's important to them. You know, if video games are important to them, join them in playing those video games, you know, get on their turf as much as possible. Ask questions, but don't interrogate, you know, don't ask questions with an ulterior motive like i'm going to catch you doing something bad so i can discipline you instead ask questions questions about their preferences you know would you rather be this or that or you know take them out for late night ice cream you know or donuts or whatever you know but give a lot of grace when they do express their opinion you know i think a lot of kids shut down because they're afraid their opinions are going to be offensive to parents and they don't want to get scolded. So then they just stop talking. Right. And I think kids can, can sense whether they're, whether you're asking a question or whether you're questioning them, it's a difference. And uh, that's something that parents, we need to work on and the way we ask the questions, you know, and kind of the, the manner we do that. I think that's excellent. I think that's excellent advice. Hey, you're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow, and my guest is Becky Harling. You can reach Becky at BeckyHarling.com or HarlingLeadership.com. She's also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Becky Harling, H-A-R-L-I-N-G, and she's at Becky Harling and at Becky Harling on those 
those places. In a minute, we're, we're going to come right back, and uh, we'll learn some more about how we can reach out to our kids and some tools that Becky is offering. I'm going to ask her about those things. If you want to call and be a part of the show, the phone number right now, and lines are open, is 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-528-2557. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. I'll be right back. Stay tuned. Hi, everybody. This is Pastor Scott Furrow. I am your host for today, tomorrow, and Monday on Southern California Live right here on KKLA and KPRZ Cape Rays in San Diego. My guest right now is Becky Harling. Becky Harling is an author and speaker, and you can connect with her at BeckyHarling.com. It's Harling, just like it sounds, H-A-R-L-I-N-G, BeckyHarling.com. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Becky Harling. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash Becky Harling Ministries. We have been talking about anxiety in our kids and how, as a parent, we can deal with this, especially with going back to school, especially with the mandates for masks and the anxieties that are normal for just going back to school and the additional stress that's going on. And also, in particular, the fact that we as parents are dealing with a significant amount of anxiety and frustration, and our kids see this. They're, they're a part of it. So we've been talking about that. And, uh, Becky, let me ask you this. When parents are uh, – what mistakes can, do parents make sometimes when their kids are wrestling with worry and fear? And we, We've seen this, and they talk about it. What are some of the, the things that we do that we wish we didn't do? Yeah, so I think one of the I think I see parents, myself included, it it seems like when kids are wrestling with anxiety, we go to one of two extremes. Either we minimize their anxiety and try to make them feel by trying to make them feel better, you know, where we say to them, "Oh, it's not going to be bad. It's all going to be okay. You know, it's all going to be good." And we try, we're kind of minimizing what they're feeling, and and then that sends the message to your child that they can't really be honest with you because you're going to minimize their feeling. The other mistake is on the other end of the spectrum where we become, you know, the anxious helicopter parent. Oh, my word, my child's dealing with anxiety. I need to fix this for them. I'm going to be with them every second. I'm going to make sure they don't fall. I'm going to make sure that they get to school. I mean, we just kind of go overboard that way. And then our child picks up on those signals and becomes more anxious himself. I, I think the key or the goal is to allow your child to express their anxiety, offer empathy, which says, I understand this. It makes sense to me. And then come up with solutions together so that they feel empowered to face the situation that they're dreading. Right. Uh, listeners, you can call 888-52-TALKS if you want to be a part of the program and talk with Becky about this subject. 888-528-2557 is the number. You know, um, the practical things that we can do here, uh, you have written some books on praising God to calm your anxiety. Let's talk about that for a while. You know, I think that uh, you know, praising God is something we, we talk about, but I think that we confine it to 20 minutes on a Sunday morning if you happen to like the music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we, we miss the reality of how important it is to praise God to calm your anxiety. Is that authentic? How, how do we do that? 
Yeah, or does I it think, does it seem hypocritical um, to praise also God? Has made the mistake of thinking, you know, it just seems so inauthentic to praise God when life is falling apart. You know, right. I am a cancer survivor, and I remember when I was diagnosed with cancer, and uh, a mentor of mine first challenged me to spend twenty minutes a day praising God. And honestly, Scott, at the time, I thought this is bizarre. I mm. hardly feel like jumping up and down saying, hallelujah, I've got cancer, you know, and I'm facing surgery, you know, and what she told me is oh, you're not praising God for cancer. You're praising God for who he is above the cancer, you know, and so we don't just praise God when our finances are, you know, uh, thriving, when our kids are doing great, when our health is flourishing, when everything's going great, you know, then yeah. It's easy to raise a hallelujah, as they say. But when life's falling apart, we can switch our focus and begin to praise God for who he is above the chaos in our life. And actually, there's been all these tests on the human brain. And when we do that, when we shift our focus like that and focus on God, there is a calming element that actually happens in our anxiety. This is what David was talking about in Psalm 63, where he says, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. And that word glorify carries a double meaning. It means exalting God, but it also carries the idea of soothing and calming. And so as we're glorifying God, the Holy Spirit soothes our anxious hearts. Yeah, that's that's great advice. I think that people do respond first, just like you did. Like, what? Why would I? Why would I do that? But you know, we're taught to do that, right? Jesus, when he taught us to pray, you know, our Father who art in how would be your name? You praise him. When we see David praying in the Psalms, there's praise throughout the difficulties that are going on there. You've written some books about this subject. Um, a couple of them that are really relevant uh, to what we're talking about are how to listen so that your kids will talk. Can you tell us a little bit about this book and what parents might uh, get from that? Uh, Scott, I didn't hear that last question. What did you say? Oh, the last question was I was talking about the books that you've written. You've written several books that are pretty relevant right now. And I I think, uh, can you hear me okay? I think these books are, um, I know I have some of my wife's been going through uh, these books and they have blessed her tremendously. And one of them is called uh, How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. Uh, tell us about that book a little bit. Yeah. And so one of the books that I wrote during COVID was called Psalms for the Anxious Heart. Right. That's and, another book. Um, the publisher, actually, Moody, came to me and said, hey, could you write something and can you write it quick um, so to serve people during COVID? And uh, my husband had just resigned from his job, and so we were dealing with a lot of anxiety ourselves. (laughs) So I said, yes, I can, because it's going to come right out of my prayer journal, you know. And so Psalms for the Anxious Heart is a 30-day devotional, really, that was written for uncertain times. And it it looks at a psalm, it gives a song, it gives a prayer, and it it really has... uh, women have written me and men saying that it's really helped them because the Psalms are a great place to turn when anxiety hits. Right. That book is called Psalms for the Anxious Heart. 
And uh, you also have How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk and another book, The Extraordinary Power of Praise. Uh, how are those books? Uh, how can we use those books right now during this time? Yeah, and so The Extraordinary Power of Praise then is a six-week Bible study on the Psalms, and it's so relevant to what we're dealing with right now. I mean, uh, I think of Psalm 46, you know, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. He's our present help during a pandemic. He's our present help when there's earthquakes in Haiti. He's our present help when the Taliban are taking over Afghanistan. And the Psalms are filled with authentic pouring out of the heart to God and then switching the focus to praise. And so um, it, it, it's, a, it's a great time if people haven't studied the Psalms to get into the Psalms because there's a lot going on right now in our, in our culture. Right. Well, I think those books are tremendously helpful. And like I said, uh, I want our audience to know uh, I've gone through these books and my wife is going through them meticulously. And uh, mm. it is it's so encouraging. And I think, my friends listening, this will be very helpful for you, especially if you're going through your own anxiety, because you still have to parent or you have to grandparent or you just have to do your work, your job. Right. This is a challenging time. Uh, I want to encourage you to go to uh, Becky That's Becky's website, Becky And these books are available right there. There's links to Amazon and other booksellers where you can actually get these books right now. The Extraordinary Power of Praise. How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. I know that one's a really good one also, and so important right now, and Psalms for the Anxious Heart that was written specifically uh, during the time of COVID. And, uh, Becky, do you have anything else to add uh, in the last couple of moments that we have here? I, you know, Scott, would it be okay with you if I just prayed for all the parents out there right now? Yeah, let's do that. Could this I is do a, that? Cause, I yes. mean, I feel for some of these parents. I know all my kids are sending their kids back to school and, you know, the math thing and figuring out these school systems and just all the anxiety that comes with that. You know, one of our little grandsons had the sniffles last week and the school sent the nurse home and, you know, I think he just has a cold. And uh, so his COVID test came back negative. But, I mean, this is what parents are dealing with, right? And That's so right. I just I just want to say a quick prayer for those of you that are out there that are parenting. Hey, God is for you. So let me just pray. Lord, we just lift up parents today, parents who are feeling anxious because their kids have to go back to school, parents who are feeling anxious because their kids have to wear masks and uh, parents who are feeling anxious because they don't know if schools are going to shut down and go virtual, which will impact their jobs. And so, Lord, I just pray in this moment that you would calm parents' hearts. When they feel anxiety, Lord, help them to pour out their heart to you authentically, but help them then to switch their focus to praising you for who you are above the anxiety. Help them to take time over the next few weeks to be really intentional, to listen and spend time with their kids so that their kids know, grow up knowing that somebody loves them and somebody cares. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Becky, thank you so much for that, and thank you so much for being a part of our show today. Uh, everybody, once again, beckyharling.com is how you reach Becky. You can find her everywhere on social media, also Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just look for Becky Harling. Uh, Becky, thanks for being a part of our show. Hey, thanks, Scott. 
always a joy. Good to talk with you. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you, Becky. Everybody listening to Southern California Live, I'm Pastor Scott Furrow, and I will be back with you in just a few moments. Stay tuned. All right, everybody, welcome back. I am Pastor Scott Furrow, and this is Southern California Live, and I get to be your guest host today, tomorrow, and on Friday. And we have been talking about anxiety, anxiety in our kids in particular, and how to be a parent, uh, and how to parent well during that, especially in the midst of our own anxiety. And uh, how you doing? Are you the kind of person who uh, admits your anxiety and talks about it, or do you just bury it deep down and you try to handle it with your thumbs or whatever it is? You can give me a call here on this segment of our program. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 52TALKS, T-A-L-K-S. That's 888-528-2557. And uh, I'd love to hear from you and have you be part of the program on this. There's a lot of studies about anxiety in our kids. you know. And as Becky was talking in the last segment, I just am overwhelmed with emotion about my own kids. And my kids are going back to school in a couple weeks where they go to school. It's a little bit later. And, uh, but their mask mandate will be there and there will be different kinds of uh, things added to the normal pressure. The normal pressure my older son has in, in going into the seventh grade and junior high and my younger son is going into fourth grade where you're kind of becoming aware of the world so much differently. And you really, I think it's a hard thing about being a parent. You got to pay a lot of attention. There's a, a study that Harvard did a while ago. A guy named Jerome Kagan did a study or reported on a study from about 36 different cultures. And that study says that there are three basic temperaments that children have. Anxiety is one of them where the idea is, let's just get out of here. That's kind of what you feel like with anxiety, right? Aggression, which is let's get it before it gets us. And sometimes it's optimism, where things will probably get better on, on its own, so then we're just not going to deal with it, right? And those, those are the different attitudes. And the thing is, is that none of these temperaments are exactly the right fit all the time for every situation. Anxious types of kids will survive better in dangerous situations because they already have the notion that they want to flee, right? It's like uh, alarm clocks that, that tell you the danger is coming, um, and they're just ready to go. Aggressive types of kids. You have aggressive kids who... Uh, um, maybe, you know, they're just really quick to defend themselves and really quick to uh, do certain things. They do better in a moderately dangerous situation where it's realistic to solve problems. And optimistic kids, they do best when it's the least dangerous situations and the most stable of situations because there's always hope that things will work out this way. Uh, the study says this, and this was what I thought was an interesting quote. It says, modern parents have been taught to let children find themselves. This could be the worst thing for kids. A child's temperate will dominate unless they learn how to adjust to the different situations. Good parents will show kids to have a greater range of responses, challenging the anxious to be bold, the bold to be anxious, the pessimist to have hope, and the chronically sunny to worry a bit. And I don't know if that's exactly the way I would phrase it with those things, but I thought it was pretty interesting. One of the things that Becky shared with us that I think is so great and such great advice is that we need to praise God through every circumstance. C.S. Lewis said that joy is independent of our circumstances. The joy that we have in our heart, we should have that regardless of what we're going through. And I think that's been hard. That's been really hard for a lot of us in the past uh, year and a half or so. And uh, I'm not sure that it's getting, getting better. 
uh, right now or when it's going to get better. Certain things are better and certain people are having highs and lows. But the idea of praising God is like this. The reason that praising God is so great and why it will help us with our joy, even when you don't feel like it, that's something that Becky uh, shared with us and something that her books will draw out in you, is that even when you don't feel like it, this is when you praise God. And here's one of the reasons. The reason for that is that when you're praising something, you're continuing the enjoyment of that thing. So let's say you you go to a movie. Remember that? You used to go to a movie theater with your friends, and you'd hang out, and you'd spend $35 for popcorn, and you would enjoy it as long as the butter machine is working, and you would come out of the movie. So what do you do when you come out of the movie? If you enjoyed the movie, you say, hey, how'd you like it? I loved it. And then you talk about the movie. So you go to the movie, and the praise that that movie is getting from you or a concert, or something else that you have gone to, where you've been entertained, where you have enjoyed it. The way you continue the enjoyment is by praising it. The way you continue the enjoyment is by talking about what you really enjoyed, the good things that were a part of it. And it's funny, because there are some people, obviously, who don't like certain movies, and they're, they're not going to praise it. But if you liked that movie, you praise it. And what praising God is, is it's continuing the enjoyment with God that when you take the time to actually praise him in your prayers, when you take the time when you are going through a hard thing and you're crying out to God, God, please help me, God, please heal me, God, please heal my, my child, my spouse, God, what are you doing in this world, please help. One of the ways to have joy, to bring you back into focus for who you are in God's sight, for the steps that you need to take, the steps where God is leading you in your life to take, is to praise him. Because when you praise him, you are continuing the enjoyment in him. I think one of the hardest passages in Scripture, but one of the greatest, is in Second Samuel where David loses his son, and he's praying, and he's pleading to God. His son dies, and then what does he do? He worships, and he praises God. I mean, some of you listening, you've gone through that kind of pain. You have gone through that moment of pleading with God, and that prayer isn't answered the way you've wanted it to be. David shows us this man after God's own heart who was, who brought it on himself in a lot of ways, right? And he was not perfect, just like you and me, but he understood the importance of praise. He understood the importance of giving God the glory, even in the hardest time. Would you do that and teach your kids to do that? I got to teach my kids to, to praise God for the things that are really, really good and that God is always with us. That's something to remember about the Lord is that he's always present. And the message of the scripture, Old and New Testament, is God, the creator of the universe, he wants to be with you. And he is with you. And he has given you a mission. And I'll always return to this because when we praise God, when we are going through rough times or even good times, we need to make sure that we remember who we are and that we have this mission. That when he gave us the great commission, we call it, to go and make disciples of all nations. It's the great co-mission, we call it. Co, you're not on your own. You're not on your own for it. You are with the Lord. And Jesus ends in the book of Matthew giving us the great commission by saying, and lo, I am with you even until the very end of the age. Do you believe that Jesus is with you? Believe it. You know why you can believe it? Because he's a resurrected Savior. And you know what your mission is? In this time of high anxiety, in this time of confusion, of chaos, of we don't even know what we're talking about half the time, of passion and 
arguments about things like masks and vaccines and government control and government mandates and so many different things. We are ambassadors of Christ more than anything else. And the people in your relational world, they need to know something. They need to know the joy in Christ that you have. That's why we're told by the scriptures to be prepared to give a reason for the hope that we have. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. That's where it is. I think about some of the things that are in the news. The guy in Washington today who pulls up in his truck and he's got a bomb threat and he's shouting, you know, basically uh, we're down with the government and he's throwing cash out the window or something. I don't know if anybody you know, got to pick that up. I probably would have stayed away from the guy. What's going on in his life, though? Do you ever look at people and go, you know, what is happening? What is it? You know, would you, when you think about it, you got to pray for people like that. There's a lot of people where they just snap all of a sudden. They just go nuts. You know what the answer is? They've got to have Christ because that is the joy that is complete. We have a risen Savior who tells us that death has been defeated. And death is what we fear. The, the reason for all the COVID stuff is fear and death. And once again, everybody, it's Pastor Scott Furrow. It's been a pleasure to be with you and to be with you in Los Angeles. You know, as I mentioned, I grew up in the L.A. area, and I grew up listening to L.A. radio. So some of the people who I have just always kind of admired or enjoyed or laughed at, Robert W. Morgan, maybe you remember that if you're old enough, and uh, Jim Healy, people like that. Uh, And, of course, I'm a Vin Scully fan. I've listened to Vin Scully and his voice uh, until he left the Dodgers uh, my whole life. It's a privilege to be with you here in L.A., and I enjoy San Diego. I love being here. I told you I'm going to try to reconcile things together, maybe tomorrow in our program, between the Dodgers and Padres. I think that you can be a fan of both, and I'm going to help you with that. I know in L.A. it's a little easier to do that. In San Diego, you know, my friends in San Diego, we have a hard time with the the Dodgers, but we have a way to deal with that. I'm going to deal with that tomorrow, but also a lot more important issues. I really want to talk about worldview. Why is it that we have expectations of the Taliban? By we, I mean the United Nations. I mean our own government. Why do we have expectations that they are somehow going to have Western values, that somehow they're going to implement Western values when it comes to women uh, or other people who are historically subjugated. I'm going to give you a biblical understanding for that, and it will really help you understand the news and what is going on. That and talking about other things going on, including people getting duct taped to their seats and aircraft, um, which uh, is very sad, but also kind of hilarious. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to listen to me regularly, I have a show on K Praise in San Diego. The website for that is Uh, radiochurch.org. Go to radiochurch.org to learn more. You can reach out to me there. And that program is on every day at 1130 a.m. on KPRAISE, a.m. 1210 and FM 106.1 in San Diego. God bless you. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.